Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I am your co-host, Sarah Varney, and I am joined today by Heather Corson. Hi there. And Charlemagne Glass. Hi there. All right. So, all right. Does anybody else dance during the music? I think I'm the only person that can hear it, right? When we're doing the recordings. Yeah, I can't. We can't we hear can't it. Hear. Oh, it's yeah. so just. I, I literally sit here and like do a little boogie during it. I don't know why I like it. So I just like it. It makes me happy. It's but happy music. I do dance when I'm editing it because I have to listen to it then. So I like there you it. go. See. <laughs> all right. So uh, episode 16. Yeah. I can't, like every every week we record this, and every week we talk about the number, but it's just really exciting. It feels you know, more and more like a real thing, I guess. We should have know. a Sweet 16 party. <gasps> right? We should have had a Sweet 16 party. With tiaras and fancy dresses. Yes! Um, I'm already wearing a tiara and fancy dress. <laughs> well, we should be at your house then. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Nobody invited us. Yeah, okay, well, sorry. Fine, yeah, sorry. whatever. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So this week we are doing listener Q&A. Thank you so much to everybody who sent those in. If you'd like us to answer your questions on an upcoming episode of the podcast, you can always email us at info at Disney Dark- DisneyParkPrincess.com, or you can post them on our Facebook page, uh, Disney Park Princess. So lots of different ways you can get that information to us, but we have a bunch of questions today and I don't know if we're going to get through them all. So we'll do our best. And if not, we will, of course, I think we're probably going to make this about a monthly topic. Uh, So once a month or so, we'll do listener questions. Um, That's the plan as of now anyway. Subject to change, your mileage may vary. Do not pass go, do not collect to it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's talk Disney news because Heather, you I know you're super excited about something Yes, today. I am, guys. I'm so excited. Uh, just earlier this morning, Adventures by Disney announced that they are going to have a new river cruise for 2020. It's going to be the Rhone River, which is in south of France. So basically, you're going through Provence and Lavender and, and all these medieval villages. Um, and so I messaged Sarah and I'm like, this is what's happening and this is our new vacation. We have to go. So uh, all details are not out yet, but on January 24th, Adventures by Disney is going to release more details about the Rhone River Cruise and new uh, land vacations that they'll be doing for 2020. So that's really exciting. Yes, I'm dying to know. I'm hoping for maybe a new itinerary. We'll see. But yeah, January 24th, I'm going to be glued to my I know, right? It's like, okay, what's our next vacation? Where are we going? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where are we headed next? Um, All right. So, and then the other, two two other big pieces of news this week. So, Heather, again, we're back on your part of the country. There was a ticket price increase and not just any ticket price increase at Disneyland. (laughs) The world's largest. <laughs> the world's largest. It came out and it came out of nowhere. I mean, not really nowhere. We knew it was coming, but no warning, no nothing. Over a weekend, surprise! surprise. Thank you, Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, what was it? It's the premier Disneyland passport, which is basically no blockout dates, and I believe parking is included. It's one thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars for one year, mm-hmm. one person. Yeah. yeah, I believe I believe that that is the one that includes Walt Disney World yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so the, the premier passport that includes both Disneyland and Walt Disney World, the price increased twenty four percent. Yeah, and so I mean that's two thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> forget the nineteen ninety whatever. It's that's two thousand yep. dollars that you're talking about. For so if you go to both parks a lot. Oh, yeah, you need to, you probably need to get that 
However, it's a lot of money and you really need to decide if that's worth it mm-hmm. because even at, I think a couple of years ago when, when I had one and I utilized it and I thought it was worth it, I paid probably two thirds of that, you know, something like $1,200 for both parks mm-hmm. when I did it. It was a lot. Well, a I lot mean, we yeah. all know the reason why they did it, right? It's, uh, it's Galaxy's right. Edge mm-hmm. and I mean... Disneyland had to do it now because Galaxy's Edge is coming out this summer out here. Disney World is not getting it until the end of the year. So we can pretty much assume that probably August, September, we're going to see these same price increases for Walt Disney World. Um, But out here, they had to do that. And quite honestly, it's to limit crowds. Disneyland parks are crowded. Think of the biggest crowd you've ever seen at Disney World and multiply that by two because it's much smaller out here. (laughs) So there's more people in a smaller space. And so they have to do whatever they can to limit attendance without flat out saying we don't want you here. Um, So it's just a necessary evil. It's not happy. It's not warm and fuzzy, but it's in the long run, the thought is that it's going to eliminate the number of pass holders there are so that there will be less people in the parks so we can all go and enjoy Galaxy's Edge at some point. Yeah. But just to put it in perspective, um, since the year 2000, so in 18 years, uh, admission to Disneyland has more than tripled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my theory. Again, it's to limit the number of people. There are more annual pass holders out here than there are people that just come on vacation. So it's very much like, I don't know about mm. you, but when I was a teenager, I would go to the mall after school or on weekends and hang out. Here, kids go to Disneyland. Um, so it, it's just kind of like, this is what people do for fun nights and weekends. Um, and they're just more and more and more people keep getting annual passes. So they keep raising these prices, hoping that it limits the number of people that are going to buy annual passes. And of course, that's not working because they also have a payment plan on these passes. So if they really wanted it to mm-hmm. work, I would take away the monthly payment plan. And if you're having to now put up $5,000 once a year for a family of four or whatever it may be, you know, that's going to limit the number of people that are buying annual passes. Um, But then on the same token, the day before they raised the prices, they announced a Southern California resident pass, Um, not an annual pass, but just park tickets. So it's like maybe a five-day ticket or something that you can use over X amount of time that was discounted. So they gave you like, hey, guys, look at this. (laughs) This is so great. Hey, come and visit us. And then, bam, ticket prices increase the next day. Disney give it and Disney take it away. <laughs> so who knows? They're they're crazy, mm. but, but you know, prices it's because of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Yeah. But, see, my I agree with you that that's probably the reason, but I don't think it's going to limit the people who buy it because I mean, Disney fans and Star Wars fans alike are just going to pay whatever money it is that it is. Mm-hmm. They're just going to pay it. They might grumble about it a little bit. Yeah, they want to go and maybe they don't buy the annual pass, but they're definitely buying a ticket for when that, you know, that land opens. Right. Yeah. All right. So one last piece of news. We're back over here at Walt Disney World. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but let's talk Noodlepocalypse. Noodlepocalypse. All right. So Ohana, in a sudden shift, Ohana is known for 
uh, pretty, you know, great food at Disney's Polynesian Resort. It is one of the toughest to get reservations in Walt Disney World. Uh, and one of their most popular dishes are the noodles that are served with the meal. And out of nowhere, Ohana stopped serving the noodles. I am very oh. passionate about this. Well, you're like me. I know how you feel about noodles. All I want to eat in my life is noodles. I don't know how they could do this, especially those noodles. They are so good. I have the recipe for them at home. Bring me back the noodles. Mm -hmm. I also would like to say I would not be sad if they gave me noodles and fried rice at dinner, and I would probably eat at Ohana every day. Yeah, I would eat eat both. Yeah, I would eat both. Well, so fear not. The collective internet lost its ever-loving mind. As they should. <laughs> and as they should. As, as they do. As they should have. And as far as we know, as of now, the noodles have been reinstated. Oh, thank so. God. I don't know what My- they were thinking. Like, we're just going to take away the best thing on the menu? No. Just take away the broccoli. Yeah. yeah, so. That is that is so funny. I mean, the internet is so weird and lovely. I mean, of all the things we can Charlotte, complain noodles about, noodles are important. It's noodles. You must like complain it. about the noodles. <laughs> you, you know, we need to go there because oh I've never my God. had the noodles. So, so I guess good. I need to. I've actually ne- never. I've never. Oh been my to God! Field trip. Dinner, so I, field trip. It's the best thing been. ever. I've been only. All right. Well, now we know what we have I to do. I do not remember. Yeah, I, I went one time. I and do not remember having any noodles. And the pot Now, stickers. I'm obsessed I've with I've never been breakfast. for breakfast. And I, I kind of want to because I love Stitch. Ooh, oh, breakfast is great. Breakfast is fantastic. Yeah. Well, now we need to go for breakfast. We go somewhere else for lunch. <laughs> well, I guess we know where we're staying next time. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to stay at the Polynesian. I'm okay with this. Trader Works Sam's for me. And eat at Ohana. Done. Sounds great. It's our whole trip. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so that's it on Disney News. Let's get into these listener questions. All right, so the first one is a doozy, I know. Um, So Maura wrote in, and she wrote in with a bunch of questions. I think there's seven on there. Is that right? Okay, we're going to get through them one by one. We're going to see what we can do. Um, Sharla, why don't you read the the, the intro and the first question? We'll divide them up. Okay. Um, All right. Maura says, happy holidays, ladies. I hope you enjoy your time off and find yourselves renewed in the new year. And I think we all did. So thanks. Um, I have some questions that may become topics for upcoming podcasts or blogs. Number one, what are your must do's at each park ride and food slash drink that if you don't do, you feel like your trip isn't complete? What, if any, have changed over the years? That's a good question. It may that may be its own. Um, That's a good podcast topic because I have to yeah, think about that. Yeah, topic. that might be yeah. a topic someday. Um, maybe we'll table that one and we'll talk. Maybe, maybe in the next. Couple yeah. Of weeks. So let's do that. All right. So Maura, we will. Um, that's a really good question, and I will add that to our list of upcoming topics. All right. So moving awesome. on. Question two. We'll we'll skip question one for now. All right. Question two. What did you enjoy most about WW Parks and Resorts in 2018? And what are you most looking forward to in 2019 and why? Hmm. Um, Okay. All right, Heather, you start. I'm putting you on the spot. What did I enjoy most about the parks and resorts in 2018? The usual food and wine festival. I will always love that the most. Um, And what am I looking forward to in 2019? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm kind of really excited to see the progress at Caribbean Beach and Coronado Springs. with those resorts um, just you know new rooms that's kind of intriguing to me um I wanna, it's not galaxy's edge <laughs> i'm not looking forward to that i'm very very sorry please nobody get mad at me i'm just not a star wars fan and i don't like crowds um 
yeah, probably just seeing the new resorts and, and, and the updates to the resorts are really exciting to me right now. All right. Um, well, I sorry, en- that was boring. No, that's good. <laughs> um, I enjoyed um, Toy Story Land. I think that was my favorite thing about 2018. And I don't know what I'm looking for. I think I'm more looking forward to 2020 mm. actually than 2019 yeah. because I'm excited about the Mickey and Minnie um, runaway train yeah. ride. Um, I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy and Ratatouille. Um, so I'm going to skip forward to 2020 for my for my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I would agree. I liked, I, I enjoyed Toy Story Land. I think I, you know, I really liked Slinky Dog Dash. It was a really fun coaster. The aliens, you know, swirling saucers are a lot of fun. Um, and for 2019, I'm actually looking forward to the new Mickey and Minnie meet and greet that is going to be oh, happening be in cute. Town Square. It sounds super cute and you don't get to see them together very often. And I heard they have cute new outfits. Which is important. So, and I love new Yes, I love a new outfit. So yeah, I think I'm most looking forward to that. But yeah, I think I'm, uh, for the most part, already looking ahead to 2020. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's number two. Number three, if you were to spend an entire day at one or more of the parks doing all things that are not rides, what would your be on list by park? Is it possible to fill an entire day not doing rides at Magic Kingdom, or would it be necessary to park hop? So yeah, I think do think it is. Oh, a, yeah, it is possible to fill a day at Magic Kingdom without rides. Um, I mean, are you? It depends. Are you including shows in that, or just rides? I, I'd say because I, I think she's being very specific rides. about not rides. So shows, you know, you could do shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I would do is I would do I would combine Magic Kingdom. And monorail resorts and do maybe, you know, go to some different restaurants on the monorail resorts, maybe some lounges over there. Um, I would sit and people watch for a while. There's many parades you can see, not just the um, three or four o'clock parade, but the the little move it, shake it, celebrate it type street parades that go on. I think there's a lot you could do. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, the TTC TTA. Or the uh, not the TTC, yeah. the um, the Wedway, yeah, the T- yeah, TTA. the Wedway people yeah. mover, whatever we're calling it these days. If only you could not count that as a ride, <laughs> I would just, I would just probably <laughs> ride that all day long. Um, but yeah, pe- people watching in the Magic Aww. Kingdom, that's especially a good if you time. can get like a rocking chair <laughs> on the porch <laughs> in Frontierland mm-hmm. or sit along Main Street with some ice cream. That's uh-huh. my favorite. I do that out here at Disneyland too. Just watch people yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, I would be perfectly content just watching, you know, some of the shows, seeing some of the movies, you know, be fine by me. Yeah. Does Carousel of Progress count as a ride? No, that's I mean, a show. No. You actually, that's you actually a show. ride, but I wouldn't count it. I mean, I think it's a show. Um, but it, I mean, at Epcot, you could definitely go around World Showcase and see all the different films that they have oh, in Epcot, the different countries. That's, that's a no brainer. Like, that you one's know what? easy. Yeah. Well, Epcot yeah. is my park that I would go to, and I would gladly not ride a ride at all because I like to go and get like <laughs> it's always food. <laughs> I would get like a like a treat or something from each pavilion, uh, maybe a cocktail from each pavilion. But I think what most people miss is all the, mm-hmm. the little performers that are in each country mm-hmm. because everybody's busy running from one place to another. I would just pick up a times guide and see who is performing when, and try to see all of the little performers in each country. Mm-hmm. Play the little games that they have going yeah. on. There's a lot to do there. 
Animal Kingdom, you could do the same. You could walk all the trails, um, see all the shows. There's a lot mm-hmm. of shows. And lots Animal of little Kingdom. performers there I too. The like you try to try to find yeah. Divine yes. or watch the African drummers or, you know. Mm-hmm. There's always mm-hmm. dance parties everywhere. Now in Asia, they have like the, the Indian music and they do some Bollywood dancing and they teach guests how to do that. I love They actually that. got rid of the Bollywood dance party, which I'm very sad about, but they do have other types of uh, dance parties going on. So, yeah. Yeah. And then what's the other one? Studios. studios. Same. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, you um, could just see all the shows atmosphere. at studios. Lots of shows. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff you could do there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's possible. I actually, I don't think I ride rides. Like I maybe go on two or three rides a day when I'm there. Like I, I, was about to say, I have graduated. We hardly rode anything. Like, I hardly ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when we do wait in line for rides, we tend to not go on them. We're just waiting for other people to go on them. So I'm, I rarely go on rides now. It's just more about being there. Yeah, that's, the that's how I feel about it. I could just go and sit there. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's fun. Good question though. Um, okay. Number four. If planning a last-minute trip and all the high-demand fast passes are taken, what do you recommend for enjoying the parts? See above. <laughs> just, just go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. But also, but also, like I, we're all morning people to large degree, um, and you know, so I wake up naturally on my own pretty early in the day, and I'm never more glad of that than when I'm at Walt Disney World because it means that I can be up and in a park really early in the morning so that even if I don't have a fast pass for something, if I get to the park at rope drop and can get right there, I can usually get on just about anything I want to get. So, you know, if you don't have a flights of passage, fast pass, you know, just know that that morning you need to be at Animal Kingdom bright and early and in line and you know, go straight to the ride and get in the line. Yes, you're going to have to wait for a little while, but you'll wait an hour as opposed to four or five hours, like it can be later in the day. Um, And that goes for pretty much any high demand fast pass. You know, if you're willing to get up early and be in the park early, it can be done. Yeah. And the good thing about not having a fast pass for a ride, especially the new rides, because they have done so much stuff with the queue. Mm. If you have a fast pass for Flight of Passage... Um, you don't get to see the full queue and you don't get to see the really amazing, I don't know what we call it. It's kind of an animatronic, but in the avatar in the blue gel, I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, yeah. really neat. So I would say for your first time at Flight of Passage, you should not have a fast yeah, pass. You true. should be there early and wait in that queue so you can see that whole queue yeah. um, because you miss out a lot on the story if you're not waiting in the regular line. Yeah, and like we were saying with just enjoying the parks, there's so much to the queues. Um, Expedition Everest has one of the best queues um, oh my of, gosh, any yes. of, the, of any of yes. the rides. And you just don't see that with Fast Pass or Single Rider. And there's so much to it that is really cool and really adds to so much of the story um, that – I mean, and Peter Pan's flight has a really great queue now. That's that's fairly new. So there's a lot to be said about waiting in the lines. So if you can't get the great the high demand fast passes, that's okay. You know, that's just fine with me. I don't even make fast passes anymore. I'm the worst <laughs> Disney vacationer. I'm like, I'm just, I'm here and I'm going to go on whatever I can get on. <laughs> but you know, if it's your only vacation there a year, you please do fast passes. Don't listen to me. Yeah. Um, all right. So Maura has another good question five and it's about the spas. So we are going to skip that one too, because it's going to be an upcoming blog. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a, a good blog 
a good blog post about uh, spa offerings. So her next question is, would you talk about the first few festivals of the year at Epcot? Um, the art festival is first. Have you been and what are your thoughts on how one should approach this? And Maura will be there the first week of February and it'll be her first time at the festival. Oh, it's a really cute yeah. festival. I was kind of skeptical when they first did this, what, two or three years ago? Mm -hmm. And it's it's really adorable. Um, so they have the typical food booths that they do at all the festivals, which is really not the point of this one. But I think my favorite part is that there's just artists all over Epcot doing all different kinds of art, whether it's sketching, watercolors. There was a big mural one year that guests could stop and help paint. And it's just... It's so lovely to see all of these creative people doing their their work. I remember there was chalk drawing drawings, people sculpting. It was beautiful. Yeah. I love the giant pa um, paintings that you can like, there's like photo opportunities yes! and you can put yourself in the painting. I love those. They're so cute. I have, uh, yeah, they're all famous paintings. I, it, the very first year they did this festival, I was there with my mom and I have a picture of us doing um the recreating the painting of Washington crossing the Delaware. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. I'm also a huge Broadway fan. So for me, the performances are some of the best parts. Um, and they do the performances. I think this year it's actually through the week. Originally for the first couple of years of the festival, the performances were only on the weekends. But I think this year for the first year is there's performances every single night. And what they do is they take actual Broadway cast members from a lot of the different shows and they come down and sing a selection of sort of Disney Broadway hits. And so you nice. can check the schedule and see who's going to be there during your stay. Um, but they're fantastic. And sometimes you get some really well-known performers um, that come down and do it. Uh, and so those performances are just amazing. Those are in the America Gardens Theater um, in the America Pavilion at Epcot. Yeah, I think this is a really neat festival. And, you know, like we've seen, because I think we were all there for some sort of conference or something with yeah, the we first year they did year. it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I didn't know what to think of it, but it was I found myself really fascinated by it and, and I really enjoyed it a lot. So I think you'll have a good time. Just, just walk around and take your time and, and try to see as much as you can get there. They will have a schedule just like they do with food and wine or um, any of the others. They'll yeah. have, you know, like a little festival guide that you can pick up. Yeah. I think they just came out this week, actually the passports for the, for this festival. I think they just came out. So there you go. Uh, look online, quick Google search. You should probably be able to come up with it for this year. Yeah. All right. And Maura's last question. Um, I know Sarah enjoys the Epcot area resorts. I forget if it's Yacht Club or Boardwalk. It's, it's Beach, Beach Club. Club. It's Beach Club. <laughs> um, although we, we won't complain. We'll stay at any of them. Um, okay. But so she says, but if I stayed there, what are some of the things my family must do at the resorts to maximize our experience? Would you be able to do an updated review of several of the resorts with tips on maximizing resort time? So I already wrote a blog about Disney's Beach Club. So if you go to DisneyParkPrincess.com and click on Walt Disney World and just scroll through the post, you'll find it. Um, and I think I actually emailed her directly a link to the review. But um, yeah, I, there's so much to do. I don't know to maximize. I mean, I feel like if you're staying in one of those resorts, one of the biggest perks is the proximity to not only Epcot, but Hollywood Studios. And so mm -hmm. I definitely find that I spend more time in those parks when I'm at those hotels personally. Um, but also, I mean, if you're staying at the beach club, that pool Oh, yes, the best thing on earth. Storm a long day. Plan a day in the middle of your trip to just have as like a pool slash resort day for sure. If I'm staying 
either at Yacht or Beach uh, or Boardwalk. I always do a resort day because the deluxe resorts are so much more than just a place to sleep. And so when people say to me, well, I just need a place to sleep. I'm going to be in the parks all day. Uh, They haven't stayed at these resorts or they haven't really spent time there because in addition to the pool, which is phenomenal, there's a full schedule of events, which you get when you check in. And so, you know, there's things like movies on the beach, campfires and marshmallow toasting, uh, different pool activities, arts and crafts. Uh, When I was just there this past October, now they're doing those wine and paint nights in some of locations around the hotel. So there are so many activities that you really need to give yourself a day or two to take full advantage of them. Yeah, and the Beach Club has that, um, there's a name for it. I always call it the solarium. That um, a lot of times they'll just have board games out. It is the solarium. Yeah. It is, it is, it is the solarium. solarium. <laughs> it is, okay. Um, that's, maybe that's why I call it that. But um, it, it's just, it's kind of a hidden place a little bit. Um, but you can, you can eat in there. You can take, get your food from the grab and go and go sit and eat. Or you can just go sit and read. It's a really nice and quiet quiet spot to go um they have they'll have a hidden mickey scavenger guide you can pick up at the front desk um, if you want to look for hidden mickeys you can search the hotel for that um with, and they have like little clues it's a fun little hunt just and there's but their their activities are changing weekly mm-hmm. so they'll have different different things you can do throughout the throughout your stay yeah and at the boardwalk in the evenings if you're staying at any of those three hotels um the boardwalk has great sort of like entertainment at night so they'll have jugglers or magicians Mm -hmm. or fortune tellers and it's really fun to just walk around over there you can grab some food snack you know they've got like funnel cake stands and all kinds of sort of like new jersey boardwalk (laughs) yes it feels like home you know fun stuff going on (laughs) this is like it feels like how i grew up going down the shore in the summer like there's just tons of activity and people everywhere and it's it's very lively yeah and so that's a lot of fun in the evenings yeah, they have those Surrey bikes you can rent too, um, mm-hmm. and the, there you can get them over at the boardwalk. But if you're staying at the Beach or Yacht Club, that'd be a good time to get those too. Um, it's pretty fun. All right, well, thank you, Maura, for all those questions, and it looks like two of them we'll have coming up soon. So. All right. Um, somebody else can go to read the next question. <laughs> All right. So Rebecca S. wrote in and asked, how likely is it that Walt Disney World will continue to offer after hours events or early morning hours, the paid events she's referring to, the um, extra you know, paid events, uh, during the summer at their various parks? I'm looking to find a way to maximize my time. It seems the events are currently only until spring. And that's True. It's unlikely that Disney will be offering the paid um, extra hours because they only offer it during lower crowd times. So when it's summer and it's peak season, they just don't need to offer those things. Plus, the parks are open so long anyway that they really – you'd be – You'd be there at 6 a.m. or something like that. So unfortunately, it is not something that they typically do offer in the summers. But, I mean, it's always possible, I guess. It's just not super likely. It's possible, but it's not likely. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but uh, because remember, you know, many years ago when they had that pirate and princess party, um, it was only in like the um, late winter, early spring. Mm -hmm. So it's just not going to, it's just not typically going to be something that they're going to Yeah, especially because, if you know, if the Magic Kingdom, you know, is open until midnight, you know, they're not going to do something that's, you know, midnight to 3 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, but they are going to continue even throughout the summer to have extra magic hours if you're staying in one of their 
hotels. So you, that's an easy way to maximize time. And yeah, you can be there till 3 a.m. Because if the Magic Kingdom is open until midnight, it will be open till 3 with extra Magic Hours. Well, and be that's two, a lot of fun. It's two now. It's two extra hours okay. you get at the end of the day. Still, yeah. you know, yep. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good way to maximize your time. Yeah. And, you know, really not that many... Um, families with small children are going to be staying until two in the morning. Well, not that many families with Heathers because I am in bed. <laughs> I, you will not see me at Extra Magic Hours at 1 a.m. Yep. I will not be there. Nope, me neither. Heather and I will be tucked in our beds. Yeah. Asleep. All nice and cozy. <laughs> snoring, snoring away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. The next question, Heather, is DVC. That is all you. So why don't you... <sighs> I'm on it. I I have been ready to attack this for a few days. So this comes from Edward and he says, we have been DVC members for 12 years and our home resort is Saratoga Springs. Uh, We were happy to stay there for the first few years because we liked it. But after a while, we wanted to try other DVC resorts. So we started booking reservations at those about seven months out. Uh, which is what DVC members are allowed to do. If you don't own a reserva- or own your contract at a hotel seven months prior, you are allowed to make your reservations. He says this was easy to do and we enjoyed trying the different resorts. However, since 2012, we have not been able to reserve non-home DVC resorts because everything is booked at the seven-month reservation point. I have tried calling DVC reservations directly and also tried going online, but to no avail. What has changed? In early 2017, I was watching one of the WDW blogs and they were discussing DVC in general. And eventually the moderator brought up a blog comment that Disney had figured out that renting more DVC inventory on their hotel side, they were making more money on the hotel side than they were on DVC. Have you heard anything like this? Um, Well, Edward, I'm going to tell you that I've been a DVC member for 12 years myself. um, And I used to say it was the greatest thing I ever bought. But like you, I have been feeling for the past three years or so that it is next to impossible to get a reservation anywhere, even my home resort, unless I book immediately at that 12-month mark. So you're not alone in that. Um, And, you know, we don't work for Disney, so this is all speculation. But what I think has happened is that they are just building so many DVC resorts, which sounds great because that's more places that we are allowed to stay. But in reality, when they open a new DVC resort, they are selling more contracts to fill that. So that means more members. So there are many, many more members now than there were 10 years ago, which makes it harder to get reservations somewhere at the seven month point because people that own contracts there, of course, are booking their stays 12 months out. And you don't always want to stay where you own your contract. So like you said, you loved Saratoga Springs, but sometimes you want to stay at Beach Club. Well, Beach Club is a much, much smaller resort than Saratoga Springs. So there are only X amount of rooms available for everybody that wants to go. And now because there are so many more members, All these members are trying to get reservations at the beach club. So that is why we're seeing it so hard to get reservations anywhere. And that's why it has become really important to book at your 12-month mark. Um, Now, I can't always book at 12. I don't know where I want to go in a year from now. I don't know when I want to be at Saratoga Springs or at Walt Disney World. So that's a really hard thing. um, And it's definitely frustrating. Um, But in regards to whether or not DVC has figured out whether it's more lucrative for them to sell to 
guests paying cash versus DVC members. Um, that's really a non-issue. Since DVC, DVC started back in 92, they have always set aside X amount of rooms for hotel guests paying cash. It has always been part of the DVC model that there are certain rooms or a certain amount of inventory held for Walt Disney World guests that would like to pay money to stay there um, just because they are also a hotel. So it's not something that's exclusive for DVC. However, we as DVC members get first crack at that. So if you are trying to book a um, you know, a villa resort for say October or November and you do not own DVC, if you go to the Walt Disney World site right now, you're going to see most of them show no availability. And that's simply because it is not open yet for anybody else to book. DVC members get first crack at it. And then if they see there's some extra inventory that would normally be allotted to DVC that's just not selling, they may move that over to the hotel side, but that generally doesn't happen. And that is my two cents. All right. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about this is news, but um, you want to talk a little bit about what came out yesterday with DVC? Yeah. So um, in fact, Sarah is the one that alerted me to this. I didn't even get an email yet from DVC, but DVC starting January 19th, I believe, is reworking their resale contracts. So for those of you that don't know, Disney Vacation Club is a real estate interest. You are purchasing a timeshare from Disney. Um, And sometimes people no longer use it. They have no need for it anymore. Maybe they can't afford it any longer. And so they sell their contracts. And so you can either sell them back to Disney directly, or you can sell them through various resale real estate agents. And there are various companies out there that handle, you know, the Disney timeshare resales. And yesterday, Disney announced that starting in a couple of weeks, anybody who purchases a DVC contract through a resale agent will no longer be able to use their points to book directly with DVC resorts. Instead, what they have to do is something called trading out, um, which is really DVC speak for saying you can still book these hotels. It is just going to cost you a $95 trading fee and it's going to cost you more points. So in essence, it becomes more expensive for these guests to book a stay at Disney World. Um, And the reason they're doing that is because resale timeshares are a lot cheaper than purchasing directly from Disney. And Disney doesn't want you to purchase resale. They want you to purchase their current resort that they have available for sale. Um, So that's really going to limit the amount of people that are going to be selling their timeshares. Yeah. And if you've already purchased, I think your grandfathered in, um, if you've already purchased resale. Yeah. This refers to new contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. if you have already purchased, you're fine. Um, so, but if you were, you know, if you were on yeah. the fence, if, maybe do it before yeah. the 19th. Or if you were planning on selling, uh, yeah. yeah. I bet the I bet the resale market is real hot right now for people who want to were thinking about selling but weren't <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, uh, unfortunately, though, it's already January 8th or whatever it is, and uh, it takes a while. a while for those to close. Yeah. So you may be out of luck, but hmm. yeah. Uh, All all right. right. So next question we have from Brooke Russell. Uh, and she says, my family and I are not traveling to Walt Disney World until the week before Thanksgiving. I realize this is not in the time frame of the discounts that were just released, uh, but how will I know ahead of time if discounts that are beneficial to our trip do come available for the dates that we are traveling? You 
don't, but hopefully you won't. You don't, (laughs) but hopefully you booked with an authorized Disney vacation planner who is monitoring those discounts for you. Um, but you you don't know. All you can look at is historical data. And there are some websites out there that sort of track the historical data. I mean, the week before Thanksgiving, if you're really talking about the full week before Thanksgiving, not actually Thanksgiving week, historically, that is, uh, you know, a good time for discounts. But this year, it's all going to depend on when does Star Wars open. If Galaxy's Edge opens in mid-November, which is what I'm, you know, the rumors are are indicating, um, there's not going to be any no. discounts Mm-mm. for your no. dates. But again, if you're working with an authorized Disney vacation planner, then they can monitor those you know, re- discounts for you and go ahead and apply them if they apply to your vacation. Yeah, but just follow um, different social media outlets and they will alert you as well um, pretty quickly, usually before the Disney social media, Disney official social media yeah, does. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so... Um, we have one more question, but I know we're running out of time, but it looks like we kind of answered a little bit of it. So if you guys want to run through it real quick, I Let's think we do can, it. we can squeeze it. All in. right. All right. Um, we have a quick, okay. This is from, uh, Megan. We have a quick trip to the boardwalk planned during the very crowded week of our spring break 2019, which leads into Easter weekend. It looks like all the parks we plan to visit are predicted to be at a nine out of 10, according to the touring plans crowd calendar. We are planning on Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios early in the day and have a few late dinners planned at Epcot. This said, we plan to hit the parks as early as possible, use our fast passes for our must-do rides, and leave early in the afternoon to spend more time at the resort than we usually do. Do you have any recommendations or activities for meals at the boardwalk? My kids are looking forward to the clown slide and pool. We usually stay at the Beecher Yacht Club, so we're looking forward to some time on the other side of Crescent Lake. And then she says some lovely words about our podcast and how much she enjoys it. Um, so thanks, Megan. Megan, the, the water slide is called the Keister Coaster. And I think that's the funniest thing. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And it does have a clown. You come out the clown's mouth. It's a good it's slide. It's a little bit bizarre, but it's super, it's really yeah. fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, what we were talking about earlier with the, uh, all the thing, activities on the boardwalk with the, um, the, Surrey bikes and the juggler and the piano player and all of that. Oh, stuff. but wait, can we t- can we talk about Ample Hills Creamery? Because I'm obsessed. Oh my god, that's what I was gonna say too. Yes, please go there many times. Oh, obsessed. So Ample Hills Creamery is an ice cream shop that is located on the boardwalk. Um, it's actually a, an outpost of a Brooklyn-based um, ice cream shop. So we have it here up here in the Northeast, and there's one in at the boardwalk, and it is amazing. I recommend getting the like little tasting sampler that they offer. I think it's eight flavors in like a little tray and you get like one scoop of each flavor and it gets $12 or something like that. It is fantastic. The ice cream is so yummy. good. It's so creamy and they have the best flavors. Oh my God, they're you amazing. Have to, have to go the there. ooey gooey butter toffee cake. Yeah. Just get that with all the sprinkles. <gasps> oh my gosh. They also have, so Ample Hills is a company out of Brooklyn, and this is their first shop out of New York City. Uh, So they have a special flavor that you can only get at the Disney location. I believe it's Sally Sells Seashells, it's called. And it's kind of like an orange creamsicle flavor Mm -hmm. with like different kinds of like chocolate covered pretzels in it. And they have fun uh, cones too, like uh, M&M cookie cones. Oh, yes. Oh, all God. the dipped cones. All right, let's go. And- <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Forget, forget Ohana. Since it's not open for lunch, we have to go to the creamery yes, for lunch. It's vacation. For lunch. It's allowed. And then we'll go back. To, <laughs> yes. Yes. This cannot go wrong. Um, and uh, since you're going late March, there could be no, no, some April, March late madness April, going late on. April. Easter's oh, late April. Okay. Well, ESPN zone, the ESPN zone is there. So there could be some some sports going on if you like that. But ESPN Zone has pretty good food. I mean, it's bar food, it's nachos and stuff like that. But you know, it's not bad. It's and it's a, there's a fun little arcade there um, that the kids can play in. Um, and then the other place I was going to say is there's a, a brewery, Big River on the other, Grill, a little bit on the other side. Yeah, um, that if you and your husband like beer or whoever you're going with likes beer, that's a good place to go and get some get some beer. And that's another pub food type type place but the burgers there are pretty yeah. good too and not um tutu italia or no not trattoria tutuitalia. What's trattoria al forno thank you mm-hmm. trattoria al yeah. forno yes yeah. um that's there and it has a fun character breakfast that has some yeah. of the couples from disney movies so it's like um rapunzel and flynn rider and tiana and naveen um and so that's a fun one as well that's a good way to meet to meet the princes. You don't normally get to meet princes. Yeah, yeah it's cute. Yeah. And there's only a couple of them there. So there's a lot of character interaction, which is nice because they get to come around quite a bit. Um, and then for the big kids, I also love Abracadabar, which is a Ooh, yes. magician-themed uh, cocktail lounge right on the boardwalk. So if you're having dinner at the boardwalk, that's a nice place to go either before or after because there's, of course, some Disney magic that happens. And a lot of people don't know, which is probably my favorite place at the boardwalk, the Bellevue Lounge, which is up off the boardwalk, Mm -hmm. just off the lobby of the resort. In the mornings, they do a little continental breakfast and coffees and teas. But in the evening, it also becomes a cocktail lounge. And you they have these big, comfy couches. And there are little radios hidden throughout the room. And they all play 1940s radio broadcasts, which is so much fun. And there's board games there, too. So you kind of just grab like a cocktail or a coffee and sit and play board games like you're in a living room at a beach house. Yeah, I, I forgot that. I forgot about the continental breakfast there. We we did eat there when we when we stayed there last year sometime. So, yeah. OK, I think that's all of our questions right now. All right. So if, again, if you'd like to have your question answered on an upcoming podcast, you can reach us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest. Uh, We are in all of those places. And we have a Patreon page. So if you're already supporting us, thank you so, so, so much. If you'd like to, you know, help support this podcast and our website, we really appreciate it. Uh, You can support us at Patreon.com slash DisneyParkPrincess. If you support us at the five or the ten dollar level, um, you get a, a, an extra little perk. So extra little snippets of this podcast, as well as some other fun stuff that we throw up there periodically. And this week, for example, um, ladies, some big news. Big news just came out. Huge. Okay, maybe it's just huge to me, but anyway, it's big news, and we're going to be talking about it on the Patreon extra. So if you want to hear <laughs> what I have to say about this very big news that is coming out, you need to support us on Patreon. So go to Patreon.com/slash/DisneyParkPrincess, uh, and that's it. So next week we have even more big news, ladies. We have another guest, and this is oh, by I'm excited popular demand. AJ Wolf from the Disney Food Blog is going to be joining us. She's actually at Walt Disney World right now, so she will be back and fresh and have all kinds of updates about all the good food news, what is going on Yay. down there. So AJ is joining us next week. Awesome. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Until then, have a great day. Bye. Bye.